the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is sponsored by River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life you were created for, but then find it to the full. That's exactly what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we'll continue in this series called A Church for Real Life, where you will hear the miracle God story of River City Community Church. But there was a season in the wilderness before that happened. You know, independence is a quality that seems to be glorified in our modern world, yet the opposite is true with God. Dependence is the greater value. In a world encouraging independence, how do we find the real life through dependence? Pastor Sean says, listen to what we've gone through. It's part two of a message called Learning to Walk. It's time for Radio for Real Life. The minute we started praying, it's like, okay, this isn't funny anymore. Because we began to sense God was leading us to pursue that property. And it's almost one of those things where it's like, God, are you kidding? Are you serious? Because it was. It really felt like... Like the Lord was doing this, and it was, it was, there, there was a sense of anticipation, but also a sense, it was sobering. You know, I call it the gulp factor, pretty significant gulp factor. And so, as you re- many of you may remember, we went ahead and began to pursue. And in 2009, we were almost there, and then the whole deal fell apart. Remember that? That was fun. We lost $360,000 of the cash we had raised. Uh, for down, down payment, for due diligence, because the whole deal expired, and it didn't work out. And so, you know, that was fun at that elders meeting after that, and we're like, did we miss it? And here's the thing. All around the room, the elders are like, I, I don't know what's going on. Obviously, something didn't happen, at least the way we thought it was going to happen, but we still have this sense that God's doing that, that this is something God did. And so we... Uh, we just go back to doing church. All of 2010, we just do church. And at the end of 2010, the sellers came back and they couldn't sell it to anybody. In fact, this, was 100, this is 110 acres. Originally, we were only going to buy 100 acres for $6.5 million. They call us up and they go, we, we have to do something because financially we're going to lose everything we have if we don't get rid of this property. And so they said, we'll give you all 110 acres for $5 million. And we're like, Okay. We called up the people who were going to buy our other property. You guys still interested? Yep, they're still interested. And within four months, five months, we closed. And God did it. Isn't that amazing? And then I go back, and I remember when he says, and by the way, the only thing we've built on this property is this building. The only thing that we have built. Parking lots, infrastructure, uh, the trees, the mature trees out in front of this building, they were there. We built the building around them. The bathrooms, those were the amphitheater bathrooms. We just remodeled them. I'm serious. God did something. And when I look at this passage of Scripture and what he was saying to us, houses full, good cities you didn't build, houses full of good things you didn't fill, cisterns you didn't dig, vineyards, olive trees you didn't plant. And then this warning, when you eat and are full, 
Take care lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. It is the Lord your God you shall fear. You shall fear him, you shall serve, and by his name you shall swear. You shall not go after other gods, the gods of the people who are around you. For the Lord your God in the midst of you is a jealous God. Lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you, be destroyed from the face of the earth. These were people in the wilderness going from slavery and needing to be taught a new way. You know, in Romans 6, 17, Paul says, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin, he's talking to us, have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed and having been set free from sin, having become slaves of righteousness. We too, if we want to walk in real life, we were slaves to something else. We have habits from something else and patterns from something else and we need to learn a new way. The way of real life. It's funny, what they learned and what I think we've learned is God wants to bless his people. You need to understand this. When God calls you and leads you, it's not because he wants to take everything good from you. you need, some of you need to hear that this morning. It's not because he wants to take everything good from you. He wants to bless you. That doesn't mean he doesn't take some things from us, but those are usually things that are standing in the way. Those are things that will be a hindrance. Those are things that are pulling us down. And whenever God does take something from us, he replaces it with something better and greater. But as I read this passage of Scripture today, I'm as convicted today as I was 20 years ago. Do not forget him. When he prospers you and brings you into places of blessing, do not forget him. There will be temptations and, quote, other gods in the land I'm giving you. Just like there was for them. Do you know there are other potential idols even in church ministry? There are. Growth can be an idol finances can be an idol, power can be an idol, tradition can be an idol, all kinds of things can be idols. And God says, when I bring you to that place, don't forget, do not worship those idols. Because he said, God is a jealous God. And what that means is he wants our heart. Now, he wants our heart and our life. And here's the thing that he taught them in the wilderness the thing I think he was trying to show and illustrate through Jesus Christ in the wilderness and the thing that he want, he, he's taught us in the wilderness. And if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Real life is a journey of dependence. It's a journey of dependence. That is one of the great lessons of the wilderness. In fact, as we learned, it's a gift. And this is totally counterculture. Um, this is something we don't like to hear because we don't like dependence, right? We seek independence, We want personal independence. When little tiny kids, they're trying to, you know, I can do it myself. They they learn very early to exaggerate their age up, right? Because they want to be bigger. They want to be independent. You've driven with your kid. I drove with my granddaughter, Rylan. She's three now. But the first time I put her on a lap and she's holding the steering wheel, she was so happy to be doing that until she figured out, wait a minute, Pops is really doing the steering. And then what she started doing? Pushing my hand away. I'm like, what are you doing? You can't even drive. You're not licensed. <laughs> Same thing. We're playing the piano at our house. I play, play a song, and she's playing along. As soon as she figures out what's happening, she starts to take my hand. Push my hand away. Get out of here. I'm better than you. I mean, really. But it doesn't stop as kids, does it? We, we go on, and as we get older, we want to do our own thing. We don't want anyone telling us. We want independence. We want to work independently. We want to make decisions independently. We get to that place where we look for financial independence because we don't want to depend. And that is so 
counter the message of real life and of Jesus Christ. One of the secrets of the deeper life is the life of dependence, trusting Father with every single area and discovering how dependable he is. Our training, we have to be retrained. That's one of the powerful lessons of the wilderness. We have to be retrained because real life is a journey of dependence. We understand when it comes to our salvation and our theology that we're completely dependent on Christ, right? And we get that. Without the cross, we're lost. We know that. But the thing that many of us got to figure out is it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. It's like, oh, Jesus, thank you for my salvation. Thank you that eternal life is secure. I'm all in, Lord. Thank you so much. Now I got it from here. I'll call you if I need. And we're doing the deal, doing our drill, doing our drill. Until some Jesus take the wheel moment where it's a big emergency. You know, we sing Jesus take the wheel. And oh, he does. He saves us. And then after it all, thank you, Lord. You're so good. Now get back in the box because I got it from here. See, that's not how it works. We have to learn to walk in him listen to him, be dependent on him. In fact, we had a way of communicating this early on, and we got a picture I want to show you. We've compared this life that we have. Go ahead and put that slide up. We've compared that to, oh no, our graphics guy has died. Dang it. Somebody, huh? Oh, thank you. So they were up on those big screens. I'm looking at this monitor, and none of you even thought to tell me. Thank you to, to several of you who said something. Appreciate that. We use the idea of a tree because it's about growth. We're talking about organic growth because that's really what our spiritual life is like. That's what a church is like. You know? and, and what's interesting about that is you don't have to focus on church growth so heavily if you fo- will focus on health because healthy things grow. And that's a really kind of a burden taken off. Focus on health, healthy things grow. Okay? And so we use this image, but you notice the three parts. We all, we all get into the canopy of the tree and the big part of the tree. That's what we want. That's what we plant trees for, that big, beautiful canopy, the big trunk. It's strong that speaks of its strength. It, it's the lowest section, though, that I want to deal with because the roots. Because, you know, what anyone will tell you is there's as much of the tree underground as above ground. But you don't see that. You don't see that. But that's the critical part of the tree. That's where all the health comes from. That's where what the tree is going to be is determined. Underground, where nobody sees. And that is very similar to our own lives. That is very similar to the life of a church. See, on the surface, when it comes to the external, there's different types of churches. There's different styles and things. But we all have some similar things in common, right? We all, we all have you know, services, right? We all sing songs. We all do sermons and all kinds of other things that begin with the letter S, right? That's, we're similar in that way. Okay, That's what we do. But what I want to say is where, where there can be significant differences is what's underground, where the roots are. And so... What we learned in the wilderness in those early years, we've called the root principles. And I want to give you those real quickly, at least three of those this morning. There there are six of these root principles that God spoke to us. And they are foundational to who we are, how we do ministry. And so we'll deal with three of them this week, and then next week we'll deal with the last three. The first is the principle of abiding. First root principle God talked to us about is the principle of abiding. Remember, Jesus said the most important commandment is love God with everything you got. He said that in Mark 12, 28 to 30. Love God with everything you got. Wait a minute, it's not go to church, it's not don't steal, it's not, you know, whatever, whatever. The most important thing is love God first. 
Jesus said it very beautifully and graphically in John 15, where he used this analogy. He said, the father's the gardener. I'm the vine, you're the branches. And then he says in John 15, verse 4, he says, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone doesn't abide in me, he's thrown away like a branch and withers. And the branches are gathered, thrown into fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. In other words, Jesus is saying the most important thing is that you stay connected in me. That you abide in me. He's giving them this illustration that they would understand this really pretty obvious, right? You cut the branch off the vine and it's, you know... It's dead. It may even look alive, but it's dead. And he's saying the same thing with you. If he were dealing with us today, I've told you this before, he, he would use an illustration that we would understand. He'd grab some teenager with the headphones on, and he'd, and he'd go, he'd go, he'd point, I am the iPod. I'm the iPhone. Okay? You are the headphones. And then he would unplug it, and the kid would give him a weird look. He'd unplug it and go, apart from me, you can't do anything. He says, but abide in me. I'm going to make beautiful music. He would give you a picture. And he's saying as useless as the headphones are without the source, as useless as a branch is that is severed from the vine. He says, apart from me, you've missed the whole point. It's all over. And so here's the way we said it. The, the, abiding, the principle of abiding. He said, abide in Christ. Our call is not to do, but rather to be. Listen to that phrase. Our call is not to do, but rather to be. We're first called to be a man or woman of God, not to a task. Our highest privilege and responsibility is to love and know our Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Everything hinges upon our abiding connection to Him. And let's take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Radio for Real Life with Sean Azaro, the pastor of River City Community Church, in this message called Learning to Walk, which, by the way, is available right now on the sermon page at reallife.org. Or you can even watch a video podcast of this message and series. And if you're looking for a new church home, here's your invitation from Pastor Sean. Do you ever look at your life and feel like you were made for something more? Jesus made a simple statement. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came to give you abundant life, real life. I talk to a lot of people and many seem to feel like they're settling for a whole lot less. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and we are so convinced that we were made for something better. We call ourselves a church for real life. I'd like to invite you to join us for one of our weekend gatherings, which are an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights, all designed to explore the life that God meant for us. River City is located a mile and a half outside of Loop 1604 on Lookout Road across from Otama Park. Service times are Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 9.30 and 11.15 a.m. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is reallife.org. To find out more, visit us online at reallife.org. God created you for something very special. Come find out more at River City Community Church. And now the conclusion to the message, Learning to Walk. This is Radio for Real Life. Our assignments may change, but our call does not. What that means is our most important call is that to be a man or woman of God. There's other things that will be a part of our life. But those are our tasks or our assignments. Like right now, my assignment from the Lord, my calling 
is to be a man of God. My assignment is to pastor this church. God might down the road, you know, he might say, hey, I want you to go start a business. Oh, okay, God, I guess I'll do that. You know, my call will not have changed. I'm still called to be a man of God. It's my first and foremost call. My assignment in him will have changed. Same thing's true for you. Your call is to be men and women of God. Your assignments are whatever various works and assignments that he has for us. And those assignments can change, and that's wonderful. In the course of life, they do. But the calling doesn't. And that is so critical because we are driven by so many other things. You see, this is a matter of worship. What's first in your heart? And it causes us to have to surrender our drivenness. And man, there's a lot of strokes we get from doing. If I do more, then people notice me more, and then all kinds of things. And this principle asks us to surrender our drivenness. Say the most important thing is him. That's because real life is a journey of dependence. Second is the principle of prayer. The principle of prayer. Ephesians 6.18 says, Praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Praying at all times. Jesus modeled this. We see him different times. Says he got up early to pray. He went alone to pray. Here's the way we said this back then. So the primary assignment of every believer is prayer. Let me say that again. The primary assignment of every believer is prayer. Our most important and productive ministry activity is regular time spent alone with the Lord, growing in relationship with him, listening for direction, interceding for the ministry, and waiting on him for power. And this is something we learned. We'll never have to worry about knowing what to do if we truly know who we serve. When you stop and think about this, prayer is fundamentally, it is our, the way we relate to God. And if our most important thing, if our call is not to do but to be, then it's very logical that our most important assignment is the assignment to pray. Because that is the nature of our relationship with God. Imagine trying to say you had a relationship with someone and you never talked to them. That would mean, you'd be like, well, that's ridiculous. You have a pseudo-relationship. You're pretending you have a relationship, but you don't really have a relationship. Well, the same is true with God. And I just want to say we discovered that prayer was one of those things that was so powerful and had to be central in every single thing that we did. See, it's a matter of priority. It's a matter of priority. And I'm just going to be real honest with you as your pastor. um, This is not easy for me because I'm a little bit hyperactive. Just a little bit. Little bit ADD, little bit kind of like to move. And if I don't get quiet in those first early hours of the morning, once I get going, it's like hard. It's really hard. Because I start moving and start, and and the engine starts running. And let me tell you, the world is not my friend in this regard. It does not, the world will not sit and go, oh, Sean, slow down. Take some quiet time. You'll need that. No, if I don't take it first thing, it's not going to happen. It's hard. But let me just tell you, this shapes everything you do throughout the day. It shapes how you see things. When you let yourself sit in the presence of the Lord and you listen through his word and you talk to him about the things of your day, everything changes. Talk about that relational issue you have. Everything changes. Talk about that financial issue. Everything changes. Talk about that thing at work. Everything changes. Because we've sat in his presence and listened. This is a powerful understanding, the principle of prayer. 
it does cause us to have to surrender our pride, though, doesn't it? Prayer is one of the most humbling things there is because it's basically an admission. I don't have it all figured out. I, I'm going to another. Real life is a journey of dependence. Number three, last one we'll deal with today, the principle of faith. The principle of faith, and this was so challenging, but so powerful for us. Here's the way we said it, to the walk of faith. To please God and to experience his power, we must put our faith exclusively in him. He's challenged us to trust him fully for direction, opportunity, power, provision, and results. The Lord has put this to the test in this ministry by such things as leading us to refrain from conventional fundraising. Now remember, when we wrote this, we were doing an inner city ministry, ministering to some people who were very poor. And you have to know, we were pretty poor too, quite, quite honestly. We didn't, we didn't have much. And so it's like, okay, well, we're starting the ministry, so there's no salaries. And the people we're ministering to can't help support the ministry. And now you're saying we can't do, because there were conventional program things you could do to help go raise a bunch of money. And the Lord said, no, I don't want you to do this. I don't want you to do this. It's like, okay, God, um, but we've got this crazy addiction to eating, so, you know. What are we, we going to do about that? And God's like, I'm going to meet your needs. And I'm like, that's awesome, God, that's so cool. So how much am I going to make? Like, let's say maybe I had to, you know, apply for a mortgage or something. How much would I tell them I make? And the Lord, it was very simple. Oh, 100%. You make 100% of your needs. Oh, okay, cool, God, thank you. And I don't mean to sound ungrateful, but how much will I have then? If, let's ask it a different way. So how much will I have then? And, oh, you'll have enough. I'll pay you 100%, you'll have enough. Thank you, Lord. I, I think we're done here. But he always, he, he always did it. He always took care of us. He took care of our family. It wasn't easy. Lori and I would, you know, struggle. Willie and Rachel, other folks with the ministry, we would, we would struggle with things. But God always managed to meet the needs. And it, uh, it's this principle of faith. So in the midst of doing inner city ministry, he said, I don't want you to do conventional fundraising. Not only did he refrain us, uh, leading us to refrain from conventional fundraising, passing the plate was one of those things. You notice, we, you go to here, we haven't passed a plate. It's not like we forgot, okay? Just want you to know. No, the Lord challenged us on that. He said, teach on finances, teach on giving. You know, we've got our offering boxes. But he said, I don't want you to see the people as the provider. Yes, I will use them. But I want you to see me as the provider. He didn't let us set fees for ministry at the time. We were, we, I, I was doing music concerts and I was doing speaking to help pay the bills. That's how one of the avenues got opened up. Willie was doing speaking at different events as well. And God said, I don't want you to set fees for ministry. Oh, that's fun. And so we would go, talk to someone about doing an event and they would say, well, how much, what's your fee for doing the event? And I'd say, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. <laughs> I mean, whatever the Lord lays on your heart. Because you would be surprised how little the Lord lays on some people's hearts. <laughs> I wish I were kidding. <laughs> but he always met our needs. He always met our needs. And see, he didn't want us to see the donors as the providers. Ultimately, he's the provider. Didn't want us to see the congregation as the provider. Ultimately, he's the provider. Didn't want us to see the host of the ministry we were serving as the provider. He's the provider. And he wanted us to learn to walk in faith. 
In faith, we're to avoid any self-serving promotion and trust him to build his work in us and meet every need. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 became very real. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Hebrews eleven six. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. This was a matter of trust. Who are, or what are we going to trust? And it was a challenge to us to surrender our fear. And I have to tell you how huge that is for us because every single person in this room, I could sit and talk with you, and if you were honest with me, you, you could probably come up with some things that you struggle with fear in. Some, it might be financial stuff. Others, it might be fear of the future, fear of safety. Fear in your marriage, fear for your kids, whatever. We are riddled with fear. It is killing us. And the opposite of fear is faith. And here we are being crippled by fear, being caused to compromise our principles by fear. The antidote is faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. We have to believe that he is. Faith is that thing. That's, that's why that prayer is so important. Prayer causes us to see everything different. And we look at our issues and our problems. And in the midst of prayer, all of a sudden our faith is built and we see God is bigger. It's not, that, not rose-colored glasses. Not that these problems aren't real or that they, they exist. It's just that they're not God. And God is bigger. And faith, one of the great kind of benefits of faith is obedience. Because often God will ask us to step out in obedience where we know the power of God is released. He'll ask us to step out in obedience and it's fear that keeps us from doing it. And so fear causes us to say, oh, no, no, I can't. Or, oh, I'll do it later. Or, oh, did you really say that, God? See, this is why it's so important to understand that real life is a journey of dependence. Because, folks, we will never get to the deep stuff. We'll never, our faith will never be what it's supposed to be. It'll never be real if we don't walk this journey of dependence. Thank you, Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Radio for Real Life. And if you'd like to hear this full message called Learning to Walk or this whole series, it's available right now on demand when you find the sermon series on a church for real life at reallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, with service times on Saturday nights at 5, Sundays at 9.30 and 11.15. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210 490 5262 as Radio for Real Life is a service of River City Community Church. And we hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.